Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So head on over there. Enjoy those on us. Joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And uh, again, visit us at freetalklive.com. You'll find the main feature of the site actually allows you, the listener, to create the content. Everything you see there in the main column of freetalklive.com was brought to you by another listener, just like you. Uh, So you are surfing around the web. You find something pretty interesting you want to share with our audience. You just submit it to the website, and then other listeners will vote on whether they like your submission or not. And the most voted up will make it to the top and the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. We're going to start things out here tonight. Enough of this good news. We've had some good news that we shared with you uh, recently on the program. Mark, you've got just awful news. (laughs) It's not good stuff. What is going on? I guess there's uh, some new study on depleted uranium and how it uh, affects the brain. Um, And this is written. This is in Veterans Today. It's written by uh, Bob Nichols, and he writes in a very militaristic style. So uh, be prepared for kind of a strange writing style. Hmm. Now it's official. Researchers have shown that uranium oxide, or DU, travels the nerves from the nose to the brain. In the words of a University of Chicago doc and researcher, a tiny amount, a milligram of this radioactive poison uh, quick marches up your smelling nerves right into your brain and keeps firing 1.2 million bullets a day forever. 850 rounds a minute. The radioactive uh, 850 rounds a minute automatic weapon is about as big as the period at the end of this sentence. That's what I guess a, a milligram is. And it never needs reloading and never jams. It's a perfect killing machine for brain cells and other cells. The range is about 20 cells. After that, there's the uh, famous British uh, Dr. Chris Busby calls the bystander effect. And it, it, it gets, uh, let's see, excuse me. He discovered it and it gets its uh, name. This uh, gets to name it. These radioactive uh, automatic weapons are so small they can float right through your clothes Evade your skin's defenses and invade your body. Whether the weapons uh, weapons alight inside, there is a trouble that they there is trouble as they never stop firing. There is no limit to their number. In a soldier's brain, trouble shows up in a noticeable way to others. And this thing goes on, and it's uh, you know basically talking about how it affects soldiers, um, who is at uh, at risk, and. Essentially, when you get depleted uranium in the the worst the worst case scenario is aspirating it. If you if you inhale it, yeah. So say when a uh, depleted uranium round hits a vehicle, you know bits of it fly up into the air. So if you're uh, you know your little uh, you're in the vehicle, (laughs) if your little band of troops is around the vehicle needs to come and investigate or whatever, all within the first couple of hours you're in big trouble plus they're using this depleted uranium as armor on the vehicle so even if it's a regular bullet that hits the vehicle then um then you know you're still in big trouble it also happens in the factory where they make these things the, uh, the factory workers are getting mm-hmm. infected factory workers or, not as infection m- is not the right word for this well it, they're probably using masks uh to protect them yeah it's it's not as much um you can it's not good to get a cut and get depleted uranium in it or, you know, a fragment of a bullet or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it's far worse to get the the inhaled uh, effects. 
And it's, also, if you're firing, firing a rifle and you're using depleted uranium in your ammo, you're yeah. going to get it too. And yep. word has it that the more and more ammo is, is coming with a depleted uranium in it because it's more dense, supposedly, and it can, it can penetrate targets better. That was going to be my next question, is, is what is it that the depleted uranium is used for? What is its purpose? Well, it's a, it's a very dense metal, and so if it's used as the round in a bullet, it's more likely to be able to penetrate mm. the armor of a vehicle. It's uh, usually used for armor-piercing rounds. It's also a kind of a soft-kill killing tool, if you think about it, because even if you don't get hit by it, if you're exposed to it, you're going to die off within, depending, depending on how much you get, you could, be, you could die off within months or years. So is he going to talk about what's happening to these uh, these troops that are are being exposed to? It? Essentially, what, uh, what what's occurring is is that they're um, <laughs> they're well. Let me read it right here. Nerves can act as a unique conduit carrying inhaled uranium from the nose directly to the brain, finds a study with uh, rats. Once, once in the brain, the uranium may affect task and decision-related types of thinking. The study pro- uh, provides yet another example of how some substances can cause the olfactory system, bypassing the brain's protective barrier to go directly to the brain. Uh, let's see, titanium nanoparticles and the metals manganese, nickel, and thallium have been shown to uh, reach the brain using the the same route. Military personnel and people who work in uranium processing plants are exposed to the weak radioactive element via wounds or by breathing. Exposure may affect the brain function. Cognitive skills are lowered in soldiers who carry uranium, uranium laced shrapnel. You know, not only does this affect the the soldiers, but this takes the the cost of this war because we all know what medical costs cost now. Mm-hmm. It, it was at one point when you you sawed a soldier's leg off and you gave him a, a crutch, and his uh, his medical care is taken care of. Now it costs you know millions of dollars to treat each one of these vets. Most of them are surviving. When you're looking at the the casualty numbers, the vast majority of your casualties survive these wars, except the ones that take their own lives, which is a, dr- a dramatically high number. Yeah, yeah, it's going up um but the the american people have, were given price tags for these wars early on that are nowhere near what they're reaching these two wars at this point are are looking like four trillion dollars um i mean and these it's are just numbers, such a big number you can't even fathom it, it's it's true it's an incredible number it's 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 a, i can't even it's it's a it's a large percentage of i, I think our gdp so mm. uh, what america makes in a year is spent uh, is going to be uh, a large percentage of what the America makes in a year is going to be spent on, you know, one of these um, on these wars. And it, there's just it, there, there's no extricating themselves. The politicians don't have to pay for this. The soldiers, they're so young, they don't seem to know any better. They're, they're taken from very poor families. They don't have a value for their life. Many of them, um, you know, they, they don't have the reason they go into the military is they don't have a lot of direction. Hey, here's a direction. Go someplace, do anything that doesn't involve inhaling depleted uranium. Once you get into the military, there is nothing, nothing, zero, zip, zilch that you can do about being placed somewhere where you're going to have to inhale depleted uranium. Your decision-making time ends when you sign that little piece of paper that says, Sure, I'll sign up for the military, and you step across. Apparently, there's step forward to, to go across some line. I don't know some something I've heard. In rumor the past. has it, yeah, rumor has it that you have to <laughs> to step forward in order to go into the military. That that's the that's the final moment. 
But well, once, I don't know. At that point, you could still refuse to go, and then they might put you. You in could the brig. refuse just about any there time. There may not be du in the brig. Um, indeed, the brig is really rather unlikely for somebody who refuses to fight. What is more likely? Um, they have these kind of uh, pl- pl- punishment platoons, um, and a lot of them just get let go. Uh, you know, they they get less than honorable discharges. Sweet, that's and, better than a brig. <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. it beats it beats jail. Yeah. It beats dying a slow, painful, and stupid death. Yeah. Um, because that's how it's going to go. I mean, the, the uh, beats appa- killing people too. You know, they've, uh, some people have described this depleted uranium syndrome here they're talking about as a living hell. Jeez. I mean, you know, I don't know what it's like. I can't even begin to describe what it's like. But living hell is good enough for me. Um, I. <laughs> I don't want to go through that. And, you know, I, I just think about all these young people that uh, that are sitting there on the tines of a dilemma. Well, what do I do? I need some money for college. That sure would be great. Man, anything, <laughs> anything's a better choice than uh, the, the military. When you're talking about this, I, it could you could go in for your four years and then have a lifetime of trouble, never mm-hmm. having been in combat, never even being mm-hmm. a combat uh, specialist. You go over there and do something, you know, that has to do with fixing vehicles or straightening up right. uh, something, you know, whatever it is. You're still around that stuff. And, you yeah. know, my grandmother used to always tell me, and she said this many times, she said, your health is your wealth. It doesn't do you any good if you're going to yeah. get this free college little piece of paper when you get out when you're going to be sick the rest of your life. Better to learn a profession, maybe go into an apprenticeship, learn how to be an electrician, learn how to do something. You can always do something else later, but make some money and, and make a, a decent living yeah. and produce if, something. If only the DU, uh, what is the right word? Infection is not the right word. DU. Exposure. Exposures. I'd say uh, syndrome. Yeah. yeah would, would only happen to the bad guy soldiers. I mean, the, the ones like the guys that have been taking pictures with corpses over there that some of the other news, we talked about them recently that they, there was, these, I guess, troop or a handful of guys that were just going around killing people for the fun of it, and uh, and now it's come down. Uh, it's come out that they've taken photos of themselves posing with the bodies. Just a real great group of lads. 800-259-9231, The Sickle CAI toll free line. Bring up anything. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. So head on over there. Enjoy those on us, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the program, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. In fact, uh, the, the last week's worth of the show is on the front page. If you click into the archive section, that'll then take you back to late 2006. And it's all free for you, thanks to HostGator. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. That's the portal that we've set up for you to get your very first month completely free from HostGator. They're a worldwide leader in web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 3,000 templates over there. Um, It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog, complete e-commerce business website. 
You can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. As a matter of fact, they they host WordPress, as I understand it, too. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Of course, you can bring up uh, whatever you want. That is the point of the the program. We started out talking about the depleted uh, depleted uranium, which we haven't touched on. It's been a while. I don't remember the last time we talked about DU. It has come up in the past on this program, and it's just very, very bad stuff. Dangerous. You know, and... and <laughs> but yet they don't care about you, right? The, the U.S. military, even though they make it sound like, oh, our veterans are so important. Look, we've got these hospitals, and... They're we so expendable is what they are. We want to take care of you. It, well, that's exactly right. Yeah. And the hospitals are even suckage. Oh. I mean, if you, if you look at the... Uh, if you look at the... What was it? Uh, about a year and a half ago or something like that, there was that... Uh, there was that hospital, I think it's in D.C., where they found that there was basically sewage coming up through the drains and all kinds of just problems, just really just obvious sanitary walls. Yeah, sanitary issues that were incredibly dangerous. Right and, in the heart of the, na- the, you know, the, 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 the capital of the nation. And then when, they, uh, when it was pointed out, it was, oh my goodness, how could this have happened? Our veterans, well, we'll take care of them, don't you worry. And of course they went in and I'm sure they spent millions of dollars uh, trying to patch right, over all the problems. Right, of your taxpaying dollars. Uh, but it, it just, it's not going to be a permanent fix to the problem because essentially the government's veterans administration is socialized medicine. It is government provided health care. The thing that all these people think they want. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> you thought hospitals were bad now. Wait until the government gets in charge of it. They're all going to end up looking like the VA. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the same people that are in charge of the VA that if you talk to veterans, and I have talked to uh, to some of them, believe that the VA is trying to kill them. Now, I'm sure there are some people out there. I know there are some people out there that have just had wonderful experiences with the VA and they've got a good doctor and, you know, they've gotten the, the prescription that they need and, and they feel like everything is just just fine uh, with the VA. But it's in stark. Those experiences are in stark contrast to the people that that honestly believe the VA is out to is out to exterminate them because the VA doctors get paid the same amount, uh, whether they see five patients in a day or 25 patients in a day. And uh, so it's the same people that are that pretend like they care when it comes to the VA that also pretend like they care when it comes to the soldiers whose boots are on the ground. You are just a tool to them. You are just something that they can use to achieve whatever it is their ends are. In this case, it's war. And the ends of that war are to enrich the military industrial complex is to, uh, you know, to essentially put money from not just taxpayers, but everybody who spends dollars because it's not just tax money that goes to the the war efforts they just print money from thin air which actually takes money from everybody that is uh, that has dollars in their wallets steals from savers right so even if you're like sure. me and you do your best to not send any of your money to the federal government as long as you're still using federal reserve notes you're still paying for the uh, the war effort sure it's just, like there's it's like adding uh, water to lemonade is all you do is dilute the lemonade yeah. So, uh, so these people—they're just using you or your boyfriends or your friends or whoever it is that's in the military that you might happen to know. They're just using you, and they're brainwashing you as well. So, on one hand, they've got all this—you uh, know—these dangerous situations like at the VA or the DU or just being in war. It's pretty dangerous on its own. 
these incredibly dangerous to your life situations that they put these young men and women in. And then they kind of gloss it all over with this big package of promotion with the, the U.S. military commercials that you see in the video game. And you'll get a gun. Respect. Girls. An awesome uniform. <laughs> Where? Hot chicks. Money for college. We'll let you drive around the recruiter vehicle that says Army. The Army of One on it. And at the end of it, you'll be lying in a hospital bed wishing you had your lungs back. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the that's what the situation is. And anything that you can do to help keep people out of this insane situation, get, keep them out of the military, you, sh- you should do it. Uh, whether that means uh, counter-recruitment, I know the Quakers have some counter-recruiting programs out there that have various different flyers and things like that that you can print out and, and try to uh, to reach out. In fact, that's something that we need to figure out here in, in Keene because they did open a brand new military recruiting center right on one of the main drags yeah, here Yeah, they needed a good welcoming. Uh, and I so understand that happened re- yet. I understand the recruiting in the last two years is easier for them now because the economy is so slow. Yes, in that's fact, true. the young people unemployment rate is the highest in history. People right are now. desperate for cash. Yes. So a recruiting bonus or something like that can look really tempting. Really tempting. And they really don't have any idea what they're getting themselves into. The question is, how do you find out when the best time to do counter-recruitment is? Because if you're just, like, for instance, here in Keene, New Hampshire, there's only 20-something thousand people that live in the in this city. There's more that's in the surrounding area. But I've, you know, my bank is right next door to uh, where this recruitment center is. And you don't ever see a line full of people going in there. So well, when's I would the say best time? After school, um, you know, from like 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. would be the time to do it. Or if they have some kind of a promotional day that you somehow come across, some open house day, something where you know there's going to be a, a group of people coming into that building. Uh, just do whatever you can to spread the word about what what things are really like, what the military's purpose really is. It's not to protect you. That's what whenever you bring up the issue of, or when we've brought up the issue of getting rid of the federal government. Whoa, you can't do that. We need the military to protect us from foreign invaders. Really? Well, when's the last time that happened? Don't tell me it's because well don't tell me it's because of the military, right? Because well, if you really want to look at what'll happen if somebody invades, uh, if some country uh, invades the United States, the military's not going to protect you. If your home is in between the military base and the bad guys, they're going to roll right over top of it. Yeah. If they think that the <laughs> bad tank right over that right. thing. <laughs> if they think the bad guys are holed up in your house, they don't they're not going to protect your home, they're not going to protect you. If you're in there, they're going to blow it up. Maybe they got it wrong. Whoops, doesn't matter. The the military's here to protect the government. The military is here to protect the people their in power. interests. Correct. Yeah. Not you. You're just the dupe. That they use to fund it all. Right. It's it's kind of like uh, the sports teams. You know, if you like the the, right. the Yankees. Yeah. We won. Yeah, we won. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's what I was just going to say. They, they get to use the we word. <laughs> you didn't win anything. Some guys that played baseball on out on, uh, you know, like a, a, a dozen guys who played some baseball the other night, they won. Where's your paycheck? You didn't get crap. <laughs> all you did was bought the uniforms, you liked the guys, you're entertained by them, whatever. And you paid and $7 it, for a beer. It, which is fine, you know, if, if you want to be entertained, as long as you understand you're being entertained. But the military, a much more expensive uh, spectator sport, I must say. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site for free. Head on over there and get interactive with our bulletin board system. You can chat with uh, or interact, rather, send messages back and forth with other Free Talk Live listeners. And it's over there and it's free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. .freetalklive.com If you like Taron Lupo's history pieces on the LCL Report, then check out his new historical fiction novel. Pirates of Savannah is an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, and society's cast-offs all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s and is loaded with real, obscure historical events. The time, nearly erased and buried. Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can check out the first three chapters. It's probably more at this point. It's piratesofsavannahbook.com. Again, piratesofsavannahbook.com. All right, toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Jeff is in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Um, What's on your mind? Hey, I, I just want to preface to say that I am looking forward to a voluntary-type society, and I will be joining the solution up in New Hampshire probably, hopefully around the time of Liberty Forum. I don't know. Ooh, exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for that. So, anyway. Thank um, you for that. Just to get to, uh, to my point, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine the other day, and he's more of a he's more in the status bent, but he uh, he brought up a story of a um, fire department in Tennessee that was privatized. I don't know if you heard this story or not, but uh, anyway, a guy's house is on fire, and yes. he calls the fire department, and they show up. And since he hadn't paid the seventy five dollar monthly fee or whatever, well, they first just of all, there watch yeah. it burn down. Right, we talked about this. I was wondering this. If, what your opinion on was, Thank you. was we, on that. We talked about it last night, actually, and so if you want to hear a lengthy discussion on it, uh, tune into yesterday's Free Talk Live. I, I think it was yesterday. If not, it was two days before that, but uh, essentially, All I the think sh- shows are labeled at freetalklive.com. One of your facts is wrong, I believe. This was actually a government bureaucracy fire department. This is not a private fire department. Uh, the, the story is that the fire department in the city, of, and I forget what the city's name was, North something or other, uh, the city was offering a service of fire protection to the surrounding areas. So the, the areas that were not part of the city limits were able to, houses in those areas that did not have their own fire department were able to sign up for protection from that particular city fire department. So 
they were actually city bureaucrats who refused to provide this man with with help. And the man was he did say, you know, he he made a mistake. He should have paid the the fee, and he was willing to pay. He said whatever it took to uh, to get them to provide the service, and and they refused to provide it. Right? Can you imagine somebody in the part uh, in the marketplace saying, "No, I don't want your money. I'm going to refuse you service," and I mean, just stand there and watch the the house? Because yeah, that makes sense. Well, right? I wonder if he had insurance. I hope the I homeowner don't did. I don't know. No, a guy who doesn't pay the $70, $70 for a volunteer fire or for the fire department to cover his house uh, for a year probably doesn't pay the insurance either. But you don't know for sure. Well, if you had a mortgage, you'd have to have insurance on it. Indeed. It so, was a mobile home. So, so Jeff, uh, uh, does that clear it up a little bit for you as far as what uh, what actually transpired? You know, it's funny because I've, you know, I've done some research on that, and I have not seen that from anybody that, that is government bureaucrats, which... <laughs> It makes sense. I mean, you know. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 keep looking for that. Uh, one last thing I'd like to mention about that. Yes, sir. Um, just my own my own thoughts. Uh, it is my philosophy or my feeling that when you have government taking care of stuff for us, we we really, you know, a win win attitude is really what's going to move us forward. And I believe that government creates a win lose attitude. Because the consequences are separated from our actions, you know, so we can just go around and trample over everybody and not really see the consequences. And I see both sides as being win-lose, you know, because fire department shows up and don't put out the fire. You know, there, there's going to be a new contract for fire, fire uh, protection, you know what I mean? But because of this long history of government behind us, we've got this win-lose attitude and you know, it, it's going to take a while to break out of that, if, if that makes any sense. Well, it, it does. You know, I wanted to ask you, what uh, what was it for you that decided to make you decide to move to New Hampshire from where you are? Well, um, it's, it, it's just that, I mean, okay, I have, I have some friends here that are volunteers, and... These are the funnest people that I know, and they're the most true people. I want to be around emotionally healthy people, you know what I mean? And I want to be around people that aren't going to try to aggress against me and people that, you know, I want to be part of, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can be part of the solution anywhere I'm at. I understand that, you know, and I just want to be able to accelerate, you know, because, a lot of stuff that uh, is required to move forward is working with other people. And if there just aren't that many people to work with where I'm at, then, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly limited as to what I can do. Numbers are a really important factor. I Concentration. Mean, it, yeah, having people around makes a huge difference. And I happen to agree with you, by the way, that these uh, folks here that are in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and some of the great New Hampshire natives uh, that have come on board with the Liberty Movement here or have always been on board are really some of the, the most fun people and the, the, the nicest people I've uh, I've ever met. And it's great, too, because when you arrive here in New Hampshire, it can be kind of a little uh, foreboding to some extent, like, well, I don't know anybody there. Well, that's who, how it is when you move who, anywhere. Right. Who? I don't have any friends there. I don't have any family there. Who are these people? Well, the good news is uh, they're more than willing to uh, be your friends. In fact, it's it's almost like they've always been your friend. You just didn't know them yet mm-hmm. uh, because you're, you've got so much in common right out the gate 
Uh, it's really just a matter of getting to know them a little bit. And uh, they're just such a, a friendly bunch of uh, social folks. I mean, there's always something going on socially, uh, whether it's people going out to karaoke or or gathering at, uh, at somebody's house for some sort of a, a game get-together. Uh, uh, you know, they play Magic the Gathering out in Manchester on Monday nights here in uh, Keene. We've got social Sundays. I mean, there's all Don't forget their games of risk. That, yeah, the folks have been bringing out. Quite a bit going on. So yeah, all kinds of uh, all kinds of uh, opportunities to get together with other folks, and and I think that's really important because it, it helps you build relationships, and and then down the line when uh, those people are in trouble for whatever reason with the state, then you know you're that much closer to them and you care that much more about them. It's not just somebody that you read about in the newspaper that's uh, that's having some trouble. So it's it's quite the community that we we've got, and it's only really just getting started. So the sooner you can get up, the better. Yeah, hey, uh, one more one more quick question. Uh, are you there? Yeah, right here. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was just I was just wondering. I have a a family. Uh, how many uh, How many people up there do you know have families? Is it Is it a bunch of young uh, single guys? No, mostly um, or. Or, or other families. We're starting to see more families show up here. Uh, Michelle Seven has been on this show a few times. She made the move up here a couple months ago. The Mazingos uh, just uh, just came up. I'm having lunch with them tomorrow. They've got their kids up here Michael with Garcia. Uh, with them. Uh, yep, the, uh, the Garcia family is Baron here too. Baron Swearingen and his wife Edie. In fact, this uh, is just in the region right here. Right. Yeah, I can't name who's uh, who's elsewhere in the right. state. There are hundreds but, and hundreds of movers, and I'd say dozens of families. Yeah, likely the case. In fact, uh, at least for our area of the state here in the Keene area. There's a there's a, a there's a Facebook group for that purpose. You can go to families.freekeen.com and you can go and join up there and, and actually meet some of those other families that you might be wondering about. So I hope that helps. Cool. All right. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you in New Hampshire. And thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. At 800-259-9231, there was a lot more discussion about the fire issue and fire protection and you know how to handle it when poor people need fire coverage. So if you feel like we didn't really dig into that uh, tonight, go back a day at freetalklive.com. Grab yesterday's show. We really dug into that topic, and I don't want to repeat all of the stuff that we said uh, last night on that uh, on that issue. So if you feel like you didn't get it covered, we sure covered it last night. More coming up, 800-259-9231. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so head on over there, enjoy those on us. If you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Amazon.freetalklive.com is where you want to go. You can uh, enter Amazon through that link, and it essentially sets a cookie on your browser so that when you go and check out 
Amazon knows you came through Free Talk Live, then they will send Free Talk Live a portion of the purchase price. So get your shopping done and get whatever it is you're looking for. In dozens of categories, Amazon likely sells whatever it is that uh, you happen to want to buy, brand new and even used. In fact, of course, if you're buying brand new, as you know, if you've purchased at Amazon before, it's likely you're going to get free Super Saver shipping uh, when you order that way. So head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get the stuff you're looking for and help Free Talk Live at, uh, out all at the same time. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. So I did mention that there's an update on the case of the, 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 the troops that have been just killing for fun in the in the military now it's it's bad enough that they're just over there killing people as as their job but these mistakenly killing uh, civilians yeah these uh, folks some have, people report as the, the the in some sources they're supporting as uh, reporting as high as nine out of ten people killed over there are civilians yeah these guys uh, so this is an update on the the case where they're going above and beyond the kill the killing duty by just killing for uh, pure pleasure yeah these are real homicidal maniacs these are some of the kinds of people that are attracted to mil- military duty they're different types of people that are attracted to the military some some are attracted wayne as you were pointing out simply because the economy is sucking and so therefore the military becomes a more you know, possible option for people it becomes more attractive to them simply because they just don't know what else to do they're having a tr- tr- trouble getting a job for instance there's also an allure of, of excitement and world travel and adventure and all that stuff go to strange which, which and interesting very, lands meet new and different people and yeah, kill them which is very appealing for somebody who hasn't been out in the world if you're 17 or 18 years old right or some people are thinking that the military is going to help them with college unfortunately they've been misinformed about that while it is possible to have the military pay for those things there are a lot of stipulations and strings attached to it well, it's it, not as easy as uh, they make know, it out as, as they make it out to be yeah. I, I i've heard a lot of people say that it was you know they, they got their college money and everything was fine i don't want to mislead anybody on this but uh, you know think about that college money for a second and remember these troops that get the the, the depleted uranium exposure it's happening to more and more of them it's all you know the armor on the vehicles the armor piercing rounds if you go anywhere near this stuff uh, it's in the air uh, you know a, a particle as small as the dot at the end of a sentence gets into your nose I, yeah, for the rest of your the rest of your life is ruined and then there are these guys the kind of guys that uh, you know they might have tortured some animals when they were a kid and really enjoyed the pleasure that they got out of that and they just were too afraid to actually try torturing or killing a human being because well you know they might get caught and actually have to go to jail so if they join the military they can get away with murdering and torturing people and it's all totally legal so there's that kind of person that just the the sadistic uh, type of individual who joins the military and that's who we're talking about here these are the the guys as you may recall who uh ended up having photos of uh, they they kept fingers they they cut off fingertips of the folks that they little murdered mementos yeah of the people keepsakes. they served of these little mementos that uh, of the uh, the service that they provided mm-hmm. the world associated press reporting those who have seen the photos say they're grisly soldiers beside newly killed bodies decaying corpses and severed fingers the dozens of photos described in interviews and emails and military documents obtained by the Associated Press were seized by Army investigators and are a crucial part of the case against five soldiers accused of killing three Afghan civilians earlier this year. Now, remember, that's just who they've been accused of killing. That's just what they have 
some level of evidence to show that these men killed. I mean, this is a war. It's, it's really darn difficult to find evidence of yeah. somebody committing murder. That's what their job is, is to kill people. Troops allegedly shared the photos by email and thumb drive uh, like electronic trading cards. Now 60 to 70 of the photos are being kept tightly shielded from the public and even defense attorneys because of fears they could wind up in the news media and provoke anti-American violence. Oh, is that their only fear? Yeah, because the people in Afghanistan don't know this crap is going on. I mean, come on. But what about when these guys come home? How do you just flip a switch in your brain and stop killing people for fun? You don't. You join the police. This has been a huge issue uh, ever since, uh, well, I mean, obviously that... Let's say that I've been studying it since World War the the, the people since World War One, and it's it's a huge huge issue. These people come home. These are the infantry guys. There's lots of guys in World War Two that flew typewriters, you know, for their their job in the war, and obviously. They get benefits of being veterans, though, our boys that served and blah, 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 blah. You can imagine what the guy who's sitting out there in, uh, you know, uh, out on uh, Iwo Jima or in the, the, you know, one of these, uh, you know, terrible uh, fights in in the Western uh, theater of of Europe. You can imagine what they think about that guy that was flying the, the typewriter. So do you think that the real reason they want to keep the photos out from public view is because it'll provoke anti-American violence or because it might show these people as as sadistic sort of and, and create an uproar in the same way that the photos from Abu Ghraib uh, created an uproar? I would say that's more likely. Seems a little more likely to me. Yeah. Uh, we're in a powder keg situation here, said Eugene R. Fidel, president of the National University for Military Justice and military law professor at, uh, professor at Yale University. Since the images are not classified, I think they have to be released if they're going to be evidence in an open court in a criminal prosecution. A spokeswoman for the Joint Base Lewis-McChord near Seattle, where the accused soldiers are stationed, acknowledged the images were highly sensitive, and that's why that protection order was put in place. She declined to comment further. At least some of the photos pertain to those killings. Others may have been of insurgents killed in battle, and some may have been taken as part of a military effort to document those killed, according to lawyers involved in the case. Among well, I'm the sure most- that's how they got the idea for taking these pictures in the first place. Oh, there's guys running around taking pictures of dead people. That's interesting. Among the most gruesome allegations is that some of the soldiers kept fingers from the bodies of Afghans they killed as war trophies. The troops are also accused of passing around photos of the dead and of the fingers. Four members of the unit, two of whom are also charged in the killings, have been accused of wrongfully possessing images of human casualties, and another is charged with trying to impede an investigation by having someone erase incriminating evidence from a computer hard drive. So, after the first slaying, one service member sent urgent emails to his father warning that more bloodshed was on the way. The father told the AP he pleaded for help from the military, but authorities took no action. A spokesbureaucrat said Friday that the army was investigating. The graphic nature of the images recalled famous photos that emerged in 2004 from the Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq. Those pictures showing smiling soldiers posing with naked, tortured, or dead detainees, sometimes giving a thumbs up, stirred outrage against the United States at a critical juncture. The photos were a major embarrassment to the American military in an increasingly unpopular and bloody war. And the military is very interested in keeping wraps on what really goes on over there. Sure, sure, you can be a member of the military, but you get to be an embedded journalist, meaning you get to go alongside them and do what they say and take pictures of what you're allowed to take pictures of 
and uh, that's what it's about. And of course, mm-hmm. there's always been the restriction on photographing coffins as they come back home from uh, from over there. They don't like that either, even though there's nothing particularly gruesome about it. It's just the image of people yeah, they don't want dying. The numbers. Right? They don't want people to see images of death of the the u.s military soldiers it's one thing for them to report the official numbers of who's dead but those are just numbers it's another thing to to so, at some level humanize uh the the people that, that have been lost and you know there was there's a story out right now it's a court case i guess there was a church and these people go out to funerals of military and call them names and and uh you know uh this is the uh, uh, Fred Phelps and uh, yeah, Fred Phelps, yeah. Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I don't know if I agree with that. I think that the families of these people should be left alone to um, mourn the dead. And, and I think that's going over the line. I agree completely. But what Fred Phelps is doing is actually saying that uh, God is punishing the United States by uh, causing us to lose this war because there's gay people running around. So, I mean, this guy's got a really twisted way twisted. Of, uh, of thinking and... You know, all he's really trying to do is, is uh, sop up some some publicity for his uh, stupid little church that's just full of his own family members. Yeah, yeah, but I remember hearing the story and thinking, yeah, I mean, we can all disagree with war, but that's just really stupid. Yeah, he doesn't disagree with war. <laughs> I mean, you know, he doesn't care anything about the war. He's he just, just wants attention. Yeah, he just wants the attention. In fact, okay. there is a Supreme Court case about that. Uh, so I understand it. Yeah, I believe it's going up this year. And I, I'm not sure what all the parameters are in regards to that, but if we hear anything more about it, uh, what they end up deciding, we'll certainly let you know. But there's an update for you on what's going on with the finger-keeping, trophy-keeping uh, troops. Apparently the photos are out there, and it's probably only a matter of time, hopefully, before they are released. People can get some idea of just how sick these people are. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. we got another update for you, Mark. Remember the Whittler story? Yes. Well, Mark, you're going to tell us what's going on with that guy. The Whittler man whittling some wood uh, shot and shot to death, if I'm not mistaken. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top ten list. She's awful and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our site for free. So head over there and uh, dig that. freetalklive.com. 
Uh, joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And Mark, you wanted to tell us about an update about the, the Whitler that was shot to death in, I believe it was Seattle, if I'm recalling correctly. I don't have the story in front of me. Yep. Oh, boy. But, uh, he was just sitting out on the stoop or somewhere out in public and just whittling away on a piece of wood with a knife. And The story's right here. You're not allowed to do that in Seattle. John T. Williams, the woodcarver, fatally shot by a Seattle police officer on August the 30th, was struck by four bullets on the right side of his body, indicating he was not facing the officer at the time the shots were fired. The attorney representing the Williams family said on Tuesday, there's nothing um, looking. There's nothing looking like he was facing toward him. Seattle attorney Tom Ford said of uh, Williams position as the officer fired. It's all on the right side. Ford, in an interview with the Seattle Times, provided a portion of an autopsy report prepared by the King County Medical Examiner's Office relating to the gunshot wounds. Ford questioned whether the officer needed to shoot if Williams wasn't directly facing him. Where's the threat, he said. Seattle police have previously said, now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, when you're listening to this, I want you to listen to what the police have said and how their story changes. You can apply it to this case and you can apply it to when you hear stories in the future, because I believe that they put whatever front they put out. And then as the evidence comes in, their story changes to fit the evidence. Mm -hmm. If you did this in real life and you weren't a cop, you will go to prison because they don't like it when the story changes. They believe that you're guilty when your story changes. Right. It's the reason I spent nine years in prison because I tried to lie for somebody who whom I believed was my friend. And I should have just gone ahead and told the truth if I was going to talk at all. So Seattle police have previously said the officer, Ian Burke, fired four rounds from a distance of nine or ten feet. The police officials have not disclosed where um, Williams was struck and how many times or the precise positions of Burke and Williams. Sergeant Sean Whitcomb, the department's chief spokesman, said he couldn't comment on autopsy results because of confidentiality rules. Governing the investigation, Sergeant Rich O'Neill, the president of the Seattle Police Department's Officer Guild, said Tuesday that he could not comment on the shooting investigation. But O'Neill said, in general, an armed person who is standing sideways to an officer can still pose a threat. Burke, 27, shot Williams on Boren Avenue and Howell Street after he stopped his patrol car at a red light and saw Williams carrying a small knife that turned out to be used for carving. Okay, it's a pocket knife, everybody. And... This officer was not called for a man, a dangerous man wielding a knife. He just saw him. This is a guy who stops at a red light and says, oh, there's a guy with a knife. Let me go screw with him. Mm-hmm. Let me go because, murder him. Because every guy with a knife is a danger, right? According to him. Mm. Williams, 50, who was a member of the New Child North First Nations in British Columbia, ignored three commands to drop the knife, police officials said. The department originally said Williams advanced on Burke but later retreated on that statement. Video from a camera in Burke's patrol mm. car, which hasn't been, um, hasn't been made public. Why not? This Why not wouldn't true. they make the, this, uh, this video from the patrol car public? Gee, I wonder. It shows Williams crossing the street in front of Burke, and moments later, the officer crossing in front of his car to the northwest corner of Boren and uh, uh, Howell, Deputy Police Chief Nick Mentz said in August the uh, 31st news briefing, the camera did not capture the video of the shooting, but Burke can be heard in an audio recording ordering Williams three times to drop the knife. 
Williams collapsed on the sidewalk along Howell Street where he is pronounced dead. Williams had been standing and facing north when he was struck by the shots, Ford said, citing witness accounts. Burkett approached Williams from the side in an east-to-west direction, stopping just to the east of Williams. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Doesn't this man, didn't this man understand that when a guy in a uniform yells at you, you are supposed to do every single thing that he says, he deserved to die. He, he wasn't following orders. Right. Right. You know, that I, was clearly his superior. That man is clearly in charge. You should do everything that the man in the uniform says or you will be killed. That is the free country that we live in. Now, if you freedom isn't free, everybody. It means you do whatever they tell you to do, whenever they tell you to do it. That's the price you pay to be free. So if, if the officer found this guy with a small knife, not, you know, like, this is a knife. It's a whittling uh, knife. I mean, not that kind of, It's yeah. a whittling knife. Yeah, this wasn't a, a Rambo knife or anything. If he found him dangerous, really, like, you don't have a taser? These are the same guys that shoot dogs because they're so scared. They're so I, I scared. Mean, <laughs> officer safety. This guy wasn't facing towards him. I, you know, I just, yeah. I, I find this whole thing to be just a guy who's itching to use his gun. Uh-huh. He's probably been asked several times by several people, hey, you ever had to use your gun? And it just eats at him that he hasn't been able to do it. <laughs> He's got a bullet in his pocket. Williams shot once in the right, uh, was shot once in the right test with an exit wound in his left armpit, according to the autopsy report. Mm. The second shot entered the right side of Williams' chin with an exit wound in the left Jeez. side of his chin. He was shot a third time in the upper right arm. Uh, the round exited the arm and then it re-entered and exited his chest. Mm. The four uh. shots struck Williams's forearm, exiting through the upper arm. So, you know, guy shoots four times, hits the guy. He's not very far away. Now, the theory, as I understand it, and if we got any law enforcement officers listening, you're welcome to clarify, but the theory of responding to force with an equivalent or you know slightly larger amount of force in order to put a stop to the force that's being brought against you is what the police are supposed to be doing, right? If, mm. if, if somebody is coming at a police officer and they are posing an imminent threat to their 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 person and their safety, then the police officer is allowed to use a certain level of force in order to subdue that person, preferably to keep them alive. Uh, this man, there's no evidence that he was coming at the police officer. Oh, I'm not done with the story because it gets it gets more interesting. There's more evidence on oh, the story. Sure, sure. We were, you know, to some extent, you're you're just trying to figure things out when you read these things initially. Yeah. But so I'm just saying that that uh, you know clearly this this officer used more force than uh, than was necessary to put a stop to this guy. He wasn't a threat in the first place uh, because he was just sitting You'll there. Figure whittling. this out really really quick, Ian. All right, let me read this. <laughs> it's not been disclosed in which hand Williams was carrying the legal three inch. Oh, Folding knife. I mean, like what are you going to do with a three-inch knife? knife? Not I, much. Stick somebody in the neck, I suppose, would be Whitt- probably the best thing that you could do with your three-inch knife. You could whittle. Yeah, we can whittle. Um, the three-inch folding knife was recovered by, at the police scene. The autopsy report said he... It was also noted a pair of headphones attached to an AM-FM radio were found with Williams's body. Oh my the report God. didn't specify which headphones... Um, where the headphones were retrieved... Williams's family said he probably didn't even hear the officer command him to drop the knife because mm-hmm. he was deaf in one ear and wearing headphones. That was actually going to be my question was, what, what if this guy turned out to be deaf, and turns out he was, at least partially, then how is it appropriate notice for a cop to just stand over far away from him and shout at him? How, is that, how does that qualify? Well, I don't know what you do, but you don't pull out, you know, if, if you've got a guy with a three-inch knife right. who's not responding to what you tell him, I mean, I could understand what, uh, you know, what position the officer's in. Once the officer says, put down the knife, then what do you do? 
you can't really just say, well, I guess he didn't put it down and I'm going to walk away. Because, you know, you've got this whole authority yeah. thing that you're keeping going you've, here. You must be obeyed. But the next step, Burke isn't to pull out your gun and shoot the guy because there's a lot of things in between a guy who's not really looking at you paying attention to you holding a three-inch knife and shooting him dead so you know maybe you call for backup maybe you keep an eye on the guy maybe you hit him with a taser maybe you do a lot of different things that don't include pulling out your service weapon and shooting the guy four times four times Mm. do you have to shoot a man who has a three-inch knife four times Adrenaline. Once you've shot once, you might as well shoot three more, right? Right. You know nothing's going to happen to this guy. No, of course not. Right. You know, and we have to, again, say that that we don't hear about all the good cops who use good judgment, but when we see a knucklehead like this, we have to bring it to your attention because we have to prevent this from happening to other people. I I wish that the cops, that I, you know, there weren't stories like this where they use really poor judgment. But the fact is, they're swelling their ranks all the time. New, insert new cop program. And of course, you're going to get guys that use their weapons poorly. And I'm not just, I'm not trying to say the cops from the past were always uh, righteous or anything like that. But they need to be able to fire the bottom 10%. This guy's in the bottom 10%. More coming up. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. Talk Live, you are invited to bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there free. Head on over there, freetalklive.com. And one of the many free features we have is our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact. Other listeners are there in the chat room, which is built into the same page as the webcam, though the page is set up to where you can pop them both out into their own pages if you want to. Uh, So go on over to cam.freetalklive.com, get interactive, watch and listen, all for free, thanks to Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. It's an incredible discount. 99% off on opticals transceivers at MemoryDealers.com. They're in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. We're telling you, Mark, you're giving us an update on the story out of Seattle about the man that was sitting down out in front of, I think it was his house somewhere. He's just sitting down, whittling. Had himself a three-inch blade, and he was just whittling away, and had some headphones in, listening to some of his favorite tunes, and probably didn't even know or was vaguely aware of the man who was shouting at him from ten feet over to his right, because the bullets entered his right side and and passed through him and went out his left. Yeah, my uh, my, my my mind began to glaze over when I was reading the the you know the the who was where and what and eastbound and to the west side mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But pretty sure I didn't it draw said a that- picture. 
I'm pretty sure it said that the bullets entered his right yeah, it side. Yeah, did enter his right side. Wouldn't right. it be so, fairly visible if he had headphones on that the, the police officer should have seen that? You know, actually, no. When you have those little those little buds in, sometimes, mm-hmm. especially, um, you know, this guy is a uh, of American Indian descent. Maybe type. he's a long hair. Maybe the hair was he over. Definitely his ears. has longer hair. There's a picture of him smiling here with a little, uh, um, you know, pirate hat on or something like that. He looks like a happy guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm they sure. got the nicest looking picture they could of the guy. Um, I'm sure it's the one that they had at his memorial service. And, you know... Uh, these these things could very well have been obscured in his ears. Yeah. But, you know, I remember when I was a kid that there was a TV thing on where you were supposed to get uh, a gun and pretend you were a police officer and, you know, pull the gun when uh, when the time came. And this was supposed to be a real training exercise for police. And there was a guy who came up on you who reached into his pocket and pulled out a card that says, I'm deaf, and showed it to you. Like, you could have mm. you could have drawn down and shot this guy. And... You know, like, so the police are trained to deal, so hopefully, at least at one point, we're trained, I mean, you know, that was the idea, they were trained to deal with situations. I mean, they must be dealing with people with handicaps all the time, and, 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 you know, this guy's deaf, and he had ear, uh, deaf in one ear, and had headphones in. So he could very well have had headphones in only one ear, right? Could very well. Can't hear in the other one. Right. So he could just have it the plug in one ear. These little these little buds they're they're barely barely visible. Yeah. So uh, so the guy's sitting there whittling. He didn't know what was going on. Presumably ends up getting shot four times and murdered by this police officer. Right. And, and I want to make it clear it's it's not like it's okay to shoot somebody who's got a three inch blade in their um, in their hand no. who's not responding to you. It would only there's no circumstance no. where that's okay. I would agree with you, but I bet you. They will find that this was an okay circumstance. Well, the police they'd have will... to, otherwise the police department would be liable. No, now, they won't be liable for what? Because, what would they be liable for? For paying for if if the cop if the cop uh, shot somebody who wasn't uh, he sh- shouldn't have shot, they're going to have to pay up. The family will have a saying. wrongful death suit against the right. police if they department. find that they did wrong. They Indeed, so the city the, the department will be liable, and, and the Seattle Times is behind this one, which to me says that, and and we you know Free Talk Live, we actually know one of the uh, the reporters over there. We do. Uh, we do. Okay. I'm glad you're Take plugged the word in. for it. Um, the, uh. the, the, uh, they're on the job, so you know maybe something will happen here. Maybe it won't. But it's it's still like it's a solution for the family, but it isn't a solution for society for the, or for the guy that's dead. Well, there's never going to be a solution for right. the guy that's dead. But, but somebody's going to be next. Think, Somebody think about it. If the cops shoot you, wouldn't you like your family to get a million bucks or something nice. like yeah, that? Okay, so it is a solution for the dead guy to some extent. He's he's got his ultimate solution, but there's a you know some sort of secondary tertiary. But it's not going to stop. Stop it the next time. It doesn't stop. It doesn't handle accountability because the police department doesn't actually pay this. The, the, the taxpayers the, do. This officer, Birch, isn't going to actually have to pay mm-hmm. it. I mean, the worst case scenario, he goes to jail for wrong uh, for some kind of homicide, uh, involuntary manslaughter or something like that. But that still doesn't pay the – it doesn't handle the solution. The problem is, is that these cops are improperly incentivized. So there you have it. Yet another example of the police just – they're likely going to get away with murder again on this particular case. They almost 99 times out of 100 these cops get away with murdering and arson and uh, and hurting people. And in fact, Mark, you mentioned uh, during one of the breaks and I think it behooves being mentioned on the air since it's a related story, there was a libertarian guy down in Las I think it was Vegas or somewhere Jim in Nevada. Dunson. Jim Dunsing, yeah, uh, that we talked about on the air. Uh, don't know if we do we have him on the air to actually talk at, at one point. I, I don't think recall. we did. I think he called in to tell us what uh, what what transpired. But essentially, he was 
trying to get away from a uh, cop. Right. The guy had tased him and then shot him while he was being like zapped by the taser. In the he, back. he reacted in a uh, you know fashion where he's very you know he, he's getting tased and so he's like his arms and leg motions are all over the place. He's complete. He's unarmed and the cop just shoots him in the back. In if the back. I'm not mistaken, yeah. And so the the results came back from the so-called investigation on that one. And what did they find out? Oh, it's completely righteous. Of course, of course. Because it's A-OK to shoot people in the back if you're a police officer. Because these cops are scared. You never know and, and what This was a do. jury, as I understand it, that found this. So, I really? Mean, it's, it's, it's disturbing. So I, I just don't... All <laughs> they have to do is just claim they were scared... Officer safety, and that's all they need. Here's here it is on his Facebook page. It says uh, Dunsing verdict came back justified for all shooters and all rounds fired. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it wow. just it it goes on here, and you know, I sent my condolences to the guy. It says uh, click here for more information on the the missing camera footage. The verdict surprised me. There was more than enough evidence to support a criminal uh, verdict, but because of how one side of the process is. I expected an, an excuse, uh, excusable verdict. Justifiable is the equivalent of meritorious in this circumstance. So, I, I mean, you was well, a surprise to me. The, the only thing that would surprise me in any of these cases is if they actually found the cop uh, negligible, or excuse me, uh, culpable of uh, I, I what just, he did. You know, it's so hard when you know the guy. He's gotten shot in the back. I mean, he's unarmed. Uh, you know, he hasn't. He, he wasn't unarmed in the sense that he doesn't didn't have a weapon, but he did not have it in his hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he wasn't. A, he's a gun instructor. He yeah. had a weapon on him, but they just shot the man. Yep, that's what they do. Protect and serve. Oh, except they don't mean you. <laughs> you thought they meant you, right? At some point, you probably thought that. Maybe you know better now. But all kinds of people think the police are out there to keep them safe. But no, kind of like the military, they're there to protect their masters. They're there to protect the people that pay them. And that's not you and I. We don't choose. I don't choose to pay them. I pay them begrudgingly. I pay them because I'm afraid that these crazy men will come and, and throw my family and I out of my own home. That's the reason why I pay them. I pay them because I'm frightened. Of what they might do to me, because they're Seems like it's sadistic. A for good reason. They're sick, and they're antisocial, and they're sociopathic, and they're dangerous. Some of them certainly uh, manage to pull, you know, manage to do that, and they don't get held accountable. More it coming up here. Me. Your calls, welcome about what you want. Dial in toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up absolutely anything. That is the point of this show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. One eight hundred. 259-9231. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. (laughs) 
You can bring up whatever you want. That's why we call this show Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features on the site there. Totally free. Head on over to freetalklive.com and you'll find uh, various different things. In fact, we've got our own mobile site that uh, Johnson and the rest of the technical crew put together, and it looks pretty sharp. You can go on your smart device to m.freetalklive.com to experience the uh, mobile site, which basically gets you to things like our streams and our podcasts very easily. Uh, So go to m.freetalklive.com. And Mark, if you've got, uh, say, a young child in your life, what can you do? Well, you you know, he may be your child, maybe a niece, nephew, uh, you know, just the child of a friend. You know, Christmas is coming up, and it's a good idea to get those kids books about liberty because uh, you know it can be it can be difficult to get the message of liberty out to young people. But books are the way that information's been being transferred for millennia. This is uh, when when you read something, you know, even even as a child, it, it it's it's much more an air of authority when it's read. And this book, it's called An Island Called Liberty. I read it to my son, Jack. He really loves it. He calls it Libby. Um, he's uh, two and a half. I'd say this book's probably aimed at like the three to seven range. You can go get, you can go to see some pictures at free, uh, freemarketunderdog.com. They've got some samples there. And if you use the coupon code FTL, that's FTLs in Free Talk Live, you'll save 10% on it. It's an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue here. Your calls about what you want. James is listening to WVBG in Vicksburg. Hey, James. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Not too much. I figured we'd discuss the current topic at hand. Sure. Uh, police shootings. By all means. All right. Uh, two quick questions. Um, the first one is: is uh, don't you think y'all might would have are uh, going to a little extreme uh, in y'all's uh, characterization of uh, police shootings in general? I mean, the part about I pay my taxes begrudgingly, or I'm scared they're going to come take my house. I mean, y'all are just characterizing, of course. Well, I think that it's. Uh, I think you're clear that if you um, that if you don't play your pay your taxes, that uh, the police will come and take your house, right? Well, I'm not sure the police will, but well, yeah, the sheriffs will. Yeah, sure. Let, me, let me tell you how it'll go down. Um, the, the the it'll the, your house will be sold on the steps of the courthouse uh, to or, or it'll be at a tax sale, city hall, some likely. kind of tax sale, and uh, somebody will then buy it. They will buy a piece of paper that says that they own your house. Then you, I would assume, if you act like if you're going to act like you own your house, will still be in it. And then that person will get police officers to come and kick you kick you out of their house because now they own it because the government sold a piece of paper that says that they did. So be clear that that's exactly how this organization, uh, whether it's police or sheriff's department, that's how they're funded, right? It's, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, if you if you hired Wackenhut or some other security agency, they're not going to kick you out over out of your house for not paying them. If you don't like their services any longer, you can just fire them, right? Yeah, you're right. All right, my second question. You there? Yeah, we're no, right yeah, here. Yeah, well. Okay. Hey, my second question is is that um, also, you know, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you uh, to a certain extent. I know that I know that there there's bad police officers out there. There's bad public service out there in every aspect. That's just the nature of the game. The second thing is is that you know most of these unjustified quote unquote police shootings, in which there are plenty out there, a lot of them. I'd say the vast majority of them are horrible, tragic mistakes. And the lump 
some, the majority of them, into the into the corrupt. He did it on purpose. It's murder. Do you, do, can it, I, the, the other guy that uh, was giving me the definition and the way they're going to take my house, could you please give me a definition of murder? Um. Well, I mean, you know, a murder is a legal term. Um, you know, obviously yeah, exactly. this is killing, but um, <laughs> a murder is, you know, essentially the the you know taking somebody's life, uh, you know, intentionally. I would say that that's uh, that's part of it, and unjustifiably. Yeah, I, it would be unjustifiable. You know, and you're it, right to go ahead. I'm sorry, you're right to a certain extent, but the thing about it is, a murder in the, in the, in the legal term, uh, you know, is different as you go from state to state. But mm-hmm. if you want to get down to common law, murder is the planned intentional, which means that if I happen to be in the same place you are, and I don't know you and I don't even know where you're from, but if I'm in the same place you are, we get into an argument and I kill you, that's not necessarily murder. That'd be some type of homicide. It wouldn't be murder. Actually, murder that's second, second degree murder. Morning, if, uh, if that, that's second degree murder, pretty much. Isn't um, homicide no, murder? No, 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 it's not. It's not. We can, we can, we can argue specifics, but... Murder is when I wake up in the morning and I say, I'm going to come kill so-and-so on the radio. That's premeditated That's first-degree murder. murder. Um, that, yeah. But listen, in all 50 states, if you pull out a gun and you shoot a guy, um, you, you're going to, who isn't threatening you, you're going to go down for murder. I mean, in all 50 states. Mm, no, I, I know several that you won't. I just don't understand what you're talking about. I mean, I, I spent eight and a half years in prison for murder. I have a reasonably good idea as to well, what the definition of that charge is. Well, and I've, and I've, I've put people in jail plenty of times for murder. But the thing about it is... is so that you're a law enforcement left, officer? I knew it. <laughs> I, I was. I'm not anymore. Yeah. I'm not anymore. I work in, I work in some type of public service. Okay. And I'm not a police officer anymore. And, like, I'm, you know, a lot of police officers that called you a former police officer would be belligerent the way y'all were talking about. I can understand a lot of what y'all say, and I, and to a certain extent, I can even meet you maybe halfway. Maybe not quite halfway, but I can meet you somewhere on middle ground. But the thing about it is, I think you're taking some of it to the extreme, and I think you've lumped people who do a trust service into a bad category. I agree uh, to, that there tends to be a certain level of, uh, of of lumping that goes on, and I try to okay. temper that as much as I can. But what you need to understand is, um, in the same way that a police officer does their job day in and day out, they put on a, a bulletproof vest and they go out there, and some of them work in the toughest neighborhoods in America. Some of them don't. Right. <laughs> right. And You're right. The majority of them don't. They get a certain level of jaded, okay? And when you work as a radio talk show host who tries to expose government corruption on all levels then you're going to get a certain level of jaded too and that i think think that that jaded comes out to some extent but one thing that's for sure is that um, and i think you're going to agree with me you said you'd come halfway and one thing's for sure is that police officers are not judged on the same scale as you and i are that's right, and um, they, you know, so they have a certain, uh, you know, level of uh, you know, flexibility in the law that that normal people don't, and that what that results yeah. in is that results in for some guys getting sloppy. They don't have to be as uh, rigorous about being right and being justified and being I, righteous I, and doing their job. I will, I will meet you halfway there, but you got to meet me here on this. Once charged, they're more vigorously prosecuted. The cops are. Yes, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. Never seen evidence Once for it. Charged. Never seen evidence charged. for it. Frequently, uh, the charged. police are. Uh, I could say the same exact on the reciprocal. 
there's there's no evidence that they're that they're they're giving more leeway when not sure. You can say it, and it's pretty much common knowledge, but. It, Neither one of us can provide. We have, I don't have the stories in front of me, but there have been stories of police who have done things like molesting uh, young people and have been gotten a slap on the wrist in comparison to somebody who was, say, growing marijuana or something like that. I mean, the, the police are really, it's, be, it's very rare that they face any kind of consequences However, within the system. However, I think that there's this instance um, that I will agree on, is that sometimes there's this inside the, 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 the office politics that goes on. And so what the, what the you know, say a captain doesn't like you for whatever reason, then they'll look for anything, conduct unbecoming and all kinds yeah. of things to go after an officer. I've seen what? it myself. Um, I worked very closely with uh, law enforcement officers in the past, and I've seen the, you know, different clicks among the police go after each other but what it seems yeah. like and I'm, i've always been trying since i've been doing the show trying to figure out what it ta- you know how does this all work and it seems like when a member of the public brings a charge up against an officer they're less likely to get it to stick but when uh, the the department brings uh, charges up against an officer they're much more likely well said but even then, when it sticks, the punishment is nowhere near as severe for the officer as it would be for any of the rest of us. We've seen case after case where the cops get a little slap on the wrist and the rest of us would have been in jail for years. We'll come back. If you've got more, you're welcome to hang with us. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so head on over there, enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up with any major credit card and PayPal and some alternative options also available for you at amp.freetalklive.com and get the perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, uh, the amp-only, actually at the chat room, I don't even know if that still exists. Nobody ever used it. So uh, the, the amp-only <laughs> forum. But we are striving every day to bring you more for your amplifier dollar. Uh, the amp-only forum and uh, amp-only <laughs> podcast as well, which people use those. So head over there and go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. I think James is still with us. James in Vicksburg, listening to WVBG in Mississippi. James, are you there? Now, James, you are a former police officer. You've called in to, uh, to call us out on the carpet for lumping all of the police together, which I can understand. And I appreciate it. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. And I always enjoy talking with uh, law enforcement officers and for former law enforcement officers because I think they've got an interesting perspective and they've certainly done a, a job that's, uh, it's, well, unusual. And, and we, you know, we always try to balance this, too, when we talk about these stories that not all police officers do these things and we don't hear about the good ones who do uh, use restraint, well, who, don't, who, who refrain from shooting people's dogs when they don't have to. Right, right, true. I mean, obviously, the, the, the stories of, uh, of abuse are unusual. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the instances are unusual. When we when we hear about them, they're being reported because the cops get caught. Last night we talked about the two Philly cops that were busted uh, because they were trying to rob uh, another undercover officer of 20 pounds of marijuana and $3,000 in cash. Uh, you hear about these stories when they get caught. So what you don't hear about is all the times when they don't get caught and how many of them aren't getting caught at doing things. And I'm not saying there aren't good cops out there. I know for a fact that, that a lot of them got into uh, policing for the right reasons and they try to do the best they can and they, they try to minimize the amount of damage that they, they cause uh, cause people. And I understand all that. But some of the cops, uh, even if they are good cops, still don't do everything they could, especially if they know there's corruption around. Like, I think it was earlier this week, we talked about a sheriff that was busted for being the top drug dealer uh, in the county. And uh, so what about the good cops in his department? Do you think there were any good cops? And if they were, would you think they were too scared to do anything about what was going on? Well, James, I think are you if you're on a cell phone, you may be in a bad cell. I'm going to tell you what. Um, I'd like to keep you on if we possibly can. So, are you still there? Yeah, I'll call you back. Give me about. <laughs> All right, sounds good. We'll uh, we'll hear back from James here uh, in just a moment uh, at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because you guys wanted to ask uh, what's James's history. You know, when, why did he leave being a police officer? And and hopefully he'll call back and we can we can find that out. But I understand why uh, why a police officer like James or former officer like James would be upset at what they hear on the radio. In fact, I was talking with uh, one of the program directors of our southern one of our southern stations down there, and of course, Mark, you and I were born in Florida, uh, born and raised down that way, so we're we're somewhat familiar with the South. Uh, some of the cops are really, really bad down there, like really, really bad. But nonetheless, one of the critiques that the program director gets about Free Talk Live, first of all, he wanted me to know that. They love us in uh, down there where where he programs uh, the, his radio station. I mean, the, the listeners love Free Talk Live, and thank you so much to everybody that listens to the show and says nice things to the radio stations. But he did point out the one one critique that most people have about the show is that we're too hard on the cops. We're too hard on the cops. It's, that's what he hears over and over. They still love the show, but well, that's the one thing they say. You know, it's – so the- – <laughs> I guess that this is, and I understand, I do. I am the guy who at one point or another was, you know, just pro cop. The fact is, I believed in it. And it hasn't been that long. I came out of prison that way. I worked as the, uh, you know, the, the guy who get, served the coffee to the officers. And I can swear on a stack of Bibles, I never spit in these guys' coffee. Never did it. Nine years of whatever, of uh, taking care of these guys, I did not do that. I am not that kind of guy. So, I understand. However, if you're going to look at the war, the war of the government on your freedoms, if you believe that the government is a big monster that grows with tax dollars and that it is constantly encroaching on Americans' freedoms, who do you think the foot soldiers in that war are? The police. Who else could they be? Right. Who is who's the guy with the because, I mean, that's all government's got. Government is the force of a guy with a gun telling you what to do. 
And if if there isn't the guy with the gun, they don't have the force. If if the government was just a bunch of guys in suits that sent out letters that said, please pay your taxes, make oh, sure man, you pay you, you you have to pay your taxes. If they didn't have guys with uh, the helmets on, the riot gear and the whole thing, then they wouldn't be able to enforce their measures. That's what they are. At the end of the day, government is force. Yeah. And if there were, if there really were cops that were out there doing good, then, and, and I know that some of them. If they, there were, there certainly are cops out I know that they good. try to do their best in the, the circumstances they're given. But in my opinion, that's not good enough. If you want to do good, then you need to oppose evil. And it is not good to enforce evil. It is not good to enforce bad laws on good people. And I don't care about the excuses. Well, it's my job. Well, the legislatures are out there passing laws, and it's you my job. You voted to... for these people? Right, you voted mm-hmm. for them. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And, in fact, most people didn't. In fact, the majority of people didn't. The majority of people did not vote for the legislators who are in office. Absolutely. That is true across the board. So it's the majority of people didn't vote for the president. The majority of the people didn't vote for anybody around, right? Especially the local yokels and the and the uh, you know the the state senators and those folks. Those are definitely not elected by majorities, and that nor would it matter if they were. I don't care if seventy five percent of people voted for these people and those people then passed some law. If what they've done has criminalized peaceful behavior, it is bad. To enforce those laws. Just because something has been made into a law does not make it all of a sudden moral. Doesn't make it all of a sudden good because somebody calling themselves a legislator wrote it down on a piece of paper and some other people raised their hands or said I. It doesn't make it good. And I don't understand how anyone could think that it does. It's just some crazy brainwashing that's gone on here. Well, most this... cops use discretion at some point or another in their sure job. Sure they do. And, sure. Uh, you know, when they, when they use that discretion, Great. hopefully they're using it in the right way. I mean... Good. Good for them. If, if discretion is letting your mom off from a speeding ticket, I understand I would do the same thing. But, you know, that's probably not what people were thinking about when they were, when they were hiring you to protect and serve. But, you know, a, and a lot of cops are on edge, too, because you don't, when, when you get pulled over, you don't know where they just were. You don't know what they just saw the day before, the night before. There's a lot of heinous crime scenes that people, the cops come in on. Oh, and, and they deal with scumbags, of, And they no deal doubt. with a lot of scumbags, a disproportionate amount, vastly. Not an compared excuse. To, compared to what we do. Having said that, there's no excuse for not op- using good discretion. They're expected to still use good discretion despite the fact of what they go through. Let me use the spitting on the in, in, in the coffee example. If the Starbucks employee has to deal with nine out of ten, uh, you know, people hyped up on caffeine that are jerks to them, that doesn't make it okay to spit in my coffee. Or it doesn't make it okay to be a jerk at the register. It doesn't make it okay to not smile. It doesn't make it okay to treat the person poorly because you're in a bad mood. It's the the sign of a professional who can deal with the differences in their in their customers. And I right? have seen professionals, I've seen police officers conduct themselves in professional fashions more times than I can say. I mean, mm. more times than I can count. And there's videos of it out there. I I've certainly get a chance to see these things and I can be very impressed with it, but I do think 
that the camera is the very best way to make sure that the police officer that you're dealing with is conducting himself in the most professional fashion possible. Sure, and that's fine. Professional uh, Professionalism is fine. Obviously, I'd rather be kidnapped by a professional who's going to be nice about it than a thug. But you're still kidnapping people. And just because it's been written down on some piece of paper somewhere that, well, you, that, that person wasn't supposed to have that plant. Well, that doesn't make it all right. And that doesn't make you good when you're engaging in that behavior. You may be friendly. You may smile. You may be you know, gentle with the person as you're putting them in the car. That's great. I appreciate that. I'm glad I don't have any you know, broken bones or anything like that. I do have uh, some marks on my wrist that have not gone away from the, the time I was lifted up by, uh, by it, by my hands. Well, I think that you can uh, reasonably assume that if you go limp, that they're going to have to pick you yeah. up somehow. And likely that way that they're going to pick you up is uh, you know, the way they've cuffed you. I'm just saying. Uh, they're not going to get out a, a stretcher for you. Well, the guy that uh, that was uh, was taking me away was, you know, not being so nice, and that's why I wasn't being nice to him. But uh, he's probably a little frustrated that you were standing in front of his police. Yeah. Car. Well, don't kidnap. Uh, uh, don't kidnap people. He was kidnapping. He and his buddies were kidnapping a young lady from just sitting in the park, enjoying a beer. More coming up. Hour number three is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in via the toll-free number, and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. We give away pretty much everything they've got at the very least, uh, typically underneath their pay sections. We probably have more for free than they charge you for at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and enjoy all of that. In fact, the main feature of the site allows you to control the content of the site. Everything you see on the front page in the main section was put there by listeners like you. And you can get involved in that process and help us out, create content for the site, and share it with other people that are watching the site and interacting with the site. Share with them what you think is interesting and what you think is important. FreeTalkLive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. To the phones and the fun, James is back with us. We had some cell phone issues. James, former police officer in Vicksburg, Mississippi, WVBG listener. James, you're back with us. I am. Welcome back, sir. Now, just let's talk a little bit more about you. Uh, I don't know if you heard. Did you? Were you listening to the last segment in the last hour? I listened to a little bit of it, but... um. I, I had driven out of the range, okay. so I couldn't hear it on the radio, and my cell phone was going bad, so it went out. Let gotcha. me clarify, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a police officer in Vicksburg. I was a police officer in Jackson. Jackson, uh, Mississippi? I, yeah. Gotcha. But I was a police officer other places, too, but that's probably the closest place. So when uh, when did you get out of uh, the policing business? Uh, probably about five years ago. And what was the, what were the circumstances around that? Really? I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, a family crept up on me, and uh, I didn't think it was the life for a family. 
And uh, plus, I need to make more money, to be honest with you. And, you know, I had two master's degrees. You know, of course, I had a bachelor's. So I, 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 as far as I was happy with what I was doing, but as far as economically, I was underachieving. So uh, how many years were you in before you decided to, to leave policing? Probably about 15. 15. So no, was that enough for a pension? Uh, well, in Mississippi, if you work more than I forget what it is, it's a certain amount of years you become vested. So um, you have to wait. If you, don't work the, if you don't work 25 years, what they take whatever you have, and then when you turn a certain age, retirement age, I guess it's 62, you can draw off what little. I'll get a little pension from it, not much, put it that way. So you don't get it right out. You don't get it right out the gate when you leave. You no. you have to wait. No. You can draw it down, or you can just use it as a little nest egg. I'll probably get four hundred bucks a month or something like that. Maybe with inflation, I'll get a little more than that. You know, it's 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 uh it's it's kind of interesting how police uh, wages across the nation really really vary. I mean, when you're in, talking about some of the major states like uh, New York, Illinois, California, yeah. those cops are paid up. Bundle, and when you're talking about uh, more rural areas, they just don't get nearly as much. It's uh, it's interesting that uh, you know you decided to leave over the wages because many, many, many police officers across the nation are paid a great deal. Yeah, we're talking about in the uh, in the backwoods South too, man. Yeah, you know, not to uh, not to put down, my, you know, because I'm from the South. I always lived there, but not to put down the South, but you know, the cost of living is a lot less. But the but the wages. Don't even uh, don't even um, compare it to the cost of living. I'd say I had to make a little bit more money. I'd say you're pretty lucky if you're in the backwoods south and you find a police officer with two master's degrees that uh, you know that you, that you've run across. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just an education buff, man. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be going I'll be going to college when I die. I'll be enrolled somewhere in college when I die. That's what, just me, man. Uh, what is it you liked the most about being a law enforcement officer? <laughs> Honestly, I liked. Uh, I liked the lifestyle that went along with it. I liked, um, I liked, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, I was kind of a, you know, I won't say simple-minded, but I liked the simple life. I liked, uh, I liked having a regimented work schedule. I, I, I'd been a detective, but at the time I quit, I was, uh, I'd went back to the street, so I had a set shift, and um, it, the shift fit my lifestyle. Um, I had set days off. I made decent money. Being police officer, most places, you know, police they can never find enough good police officers. There's always overtime to make. You could always make a little bit more money if you needed to. And uh, it was just, for a single man, it was all around good job. I appreciate now, the uh, You had alluded previously that, uh, that, that you're willing to go halfway with us on, on police corruption. And we conceded that, uh, you know, certainly on this show, that it can sound like we're going overboard. Um, and I've, I've got... Several friends of mine uh, that are police officers, and and I try to you know temper it as much as I can, but it's difficult day in and day out. What were some of the abuses that you saw as a police officer in the in the department? Uh, the same ones that uh, you see anywhere else, mainly, and, and most of the things were just small you know, things like uh, petty theft, uh, misuse of authority, um, maybe what they would call malfeasance. You know, using your position. To get things that you didn't deserve. Ninety nine percent of them were small, but I mean, out of my graduating class, I'll have to admit there was—I think there was thirty people in my graduating class. Mm-hmm. I think two of them are in federal prison right now. I will admit that. Good but lord. Two, two is a lot less than the entire uh, profession being corrupt. So that's 
that's why you know I called to call you on that. Is that although they are corrupt, and um, the the situations and the examples you bring up, I would call anecdotal evidence at best, and I could bring up some anecdotal evidence to counter it. But both of us are just throwing anecdotal evidence back and forth. Sure. But if you looked at empirical evidence, mm-hmm. you'd see that I'd say the vast majority of law enforcement professionals do their job and do their job diligently. Let me talk about that empirical evidence, because this is something that that, that disturbs me, is that um, I have seen, as as I told you, I have have a great deal of connection with uh, the law enforcement in the past. I'm I'm familiar with them on a working level. And it seems like, um, you know, like there's... That the good officers will often let the bad officers get away with what it is that they do bad, and they just kind of turn their head and, and ignore it. Professional courtesy, <laughs> or uh, I mean, politics yeah, that, too. That's a, that's a term thrown around. A term thrown around, meaning that you're familiar with it and you know what it what it's all about. I'm familiar with the term. Mm-hmm. Now, it, to the certain extent that you're taking it, I'm not too sure about that. Well, but I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know the extent the I'm taking it. I'm just talking about um, you know uh, what. Uh, what um you know did you experience this what levels did you experience it to are you talking uh, are we talking about some guy who you know uh, accidentally every once in a while bumps somebody's head while uh, they put him into the squad car are we talking about somebody who uh, you know was known uh, that that you knew every once in a while would pick up some evidence um from a from a crime scene i just i wonder about these things what's it like um on the inside cuz i can tell you if i was a police officer and there's a big pile of drug money sitting there and i'm the only one in the room and there's no cameras like maybe one of those stacks of bills might come up missing well i mean that's a that's a uh you know that's a thought but that's because you're thinking about it from uh outside the box and i'm using outside the box different than usual when you're inside the box a lot of times you got guys that that would love to pick up that money and that would pick up that money if they thought they could get away with it but the thing about it is is that Nowadays, um, I would say one of the things that even scares quasi, you know, every police not, police officer is not a not a pillar of morality by no means. Sure, they're humans just like you. But the thing about it is, some of them do right because it's the right thing to do. Some of them do right because they conform with society and suppress the bad things that they have in their mind, such as, hey, I want to take this money or I want to do this thing. Such as, uh, and they want to keep their job because, regardless of what they they think is right and wrong, or what they think they can get away with, they they have the fear of losing their job. Sure. And uh, I'll give you I'll give you an example. What got a lot of guys with where I was was uh was polygraph. Polygraph tore many police off tail up when I was there. Um, you know, just wind would come along or something. Of course, but polygraph's not admissible in in court, but mm-hmm. that don't have anything to do with administrative. And if uh, you're accused of a uh, of uh, improprieties inside the department, they'll throw that polygraph on you, and it'll tear you up. Well, that's and if you're so, accused. But if you uh, you know if you bust in some drug dealers and you got thousands of dollars in cash in front of you, and nobody's counted it yet, you can totally get away with taking that. Then, well, I mean, uh, you you can you know that's one side, but that you know, like I say, you know, um, that right there. Doing something like that will lead to a lot more bad than you think it would. James, you thanks for the, the thoughts. I appreciate the call tonight and uh, your your it, uh, your input here at 800-259-9231. It's always welcome. Free Talk Live. 
In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in via the toll-free number. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Mark, what is SACL CAI? uh, SACL CAI is a collections company that does uh, collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They... Treat their, your clients with respect because they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right. So you can bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Mark Crivelli over at lewrockwell.com. Since we're on the topic of the police, let's continue. He has a few things to say. Anarchy versus Barney Fife title of this one if you ever fell victim to the prejudice that people today are smarter and more intellectually sophisticated than the people of the first or 13th centuries you need only ask your friends and neighbors about the terrifying word anarchy to prove yourself to prove to yourself that our generations are just as stupid and foolish as any others and i have to disagree with him i think that uh people are certainly i think they're more advanced uh these days and I think that ignorant is the right term. I, th- I think it's it's folly to consider other people that have not been enlightened as to the same things that you have been enlightened to as stupid. I think that ignorance is uh, is the appropriate term. Do you think that there's a difference between uh, intelligence and, and stupidity? Do you think that there are stupid people? I think there are people who are not as as intelligent. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, you know, I, I I often find you you using this term, but it seems to me that uh, somebody who keeps on making the same mistakes over and over again, like they might deserve the term uh, stupid. Well, I, I think I think it should be taken on an individual case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, there are reasons why some people might make the same mistakes over and over again. We talked about that in detail last night about how people can keep getting duped in slightly different ways by the system and still believe in uh, in the system because that's all they know because they're ignorant to what their other options might possibly be. I think uh, that some people are very, very uh, brilliant in some of the things they do and in other areas like me, like I can't. You know, I can't do much as far as car repair. That doesn't make make me stupid. That's not, doesn't just, make you stupid. Certainly, just not. makes me. Ignorant. You've never spent any time in it, and you don't care to learn anything about it. Right, right. And you can't be good at everything. I mean, if you yeah. make, if you can be very good at what you do and make enough money, you can pay someone to do the other things you don't know how to do. Right, and and some things, uh, the way, because of people's mindsets, it it behooves them to ignore certain things. It behooves them to ignore the obvious, to ignore evidence that's, uh, that is put in front of them because they've the been so brainwashed. you think the term ignorant is really that much better when, than stupid? I do, yeah. yeah. Because if you call somebody ignorant, ignorant you call, I mean, you call them stupid, you might as well be calling them stupid. It's, I, it's, it still can be seen as insulting, I think, to the person you're referring uh, to, but I'm not referring to anybody specifically here. And I think that ignorance can be cured. You can change ignorance. If you're stupid, that's just a condition that is not likely to be ever changed at any point in your life. 
So, uh, back to Crivelli. He says that even mentioning the word with a straight face is bound to put your, that is the word anarchy, is bound to put your acquaintances on edge, which is remarkable in itself. But once they recover their senses from hearing the word pronounced out loud with a clap of thunder following on its heels, they will usually offer an argument against anarchism that rivals in its sheer stupidity any arguments that the flat earthers ever gave in antiquity. It usually goes something like this. Human nature is so intrinsically evil and depraved that without cops walking the streets, judges locking up potheads, and politicians buying hookers and crack in Washington, the entire world would devolve into a horrifying bloodbath. Murder and rape would run rampant as soon as the criminals, that is, all of us, as per our shared evil nature, got word that the police were no longer in the business of shooting, beating, and incarcerating them. Virtually everyone and everything would be killed or destroyed in the ensuing mayhem. Cannibalism would probably even reappear for the barbaric survivors <laughs> of the initial anarchic bloodbath. Well, That's it's right. certainly got a bad name, this term anarchy. Yeah. That's right, cannibalism. And we have actually had uh, liberty activists up here accused of being cannibals. Yes. Or, or accused of you know, supporting cannibalism. or whatever. By who? By the critics. Uh, by, oh, those critics that... that oh, by the God. haters. Yeah. That, that's how desperate they are. That's right. They don't have anything logical to say, so all they can do is attack. Anyway, so as you can clearly see, says Crivelli, the fragile fabric of society is held together ultimately by the simple police officer whom we all take for granted and whose life is spent deterring the innumerable criminals out there butchering one another like you and me. Without police officers, given human nature's intrinsic depravity, life would indeed be solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Short. The sheer stupidity of arguments along the lines that human nature is so totally depraved that society would devolve into cruel chaos in the absence of police officers is almost difficult to fathom. One can forgive the flat earthers of yesterday for not being gifted enough in astronomy and mathematics to determine that the giant hunk of rock they stood on is spherical. But how can one forgive the people of today for thinking that that guy wearing blue polyester with mustard in his mustache in the corner of the deli is the very linchpin of human society? How can one forgive the an intellectual error as large as the one that presumes that you and I would probably fight each other to the death if it wasn't for that woman with a mullet and a radar gun under the highway overpass? How will future generations be able to comprehend an intellectual error as large as the one that holds that our very lives and our entire civilization hang oh so tenuously from a 56-inch braided duty belt? I think that 56 inches, that's a big duty belt. There's some big bureaucrats. <laughs> I think that this is rightly pointing out that uh, that we're, we're told that the police are there keeping us safe. And when, in fact, largely the administration has them out doing one of two things, which is busting uh, yeah, revenue busting, collection. What's that? Revenue collection. Revenue collection. Out busting drug dealers uh, and um, out busting uh, people who are, you know, in some way or another conducting a vehicle in a, in a manner that they, they have deemed to be illegal. When, in fact, in your town, there are a multitude of unsolved crimes going on all the time. And, you know, they, don't, they aren't doing any police work. Mm -hmm. If you watch the television, the PR is that these people are, in fact, spending a great deal of time doing police work. The reality is they're not. The reality is when it comes to a property crime, you can kiss it goodbye. The chances of police finding it in, in the condition in which uh, it was lost is minimal at very, very best. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, it, we, we just told things that aren't true about police and police work. Right. And evidence, uh, the evidence is, is that it's actually you and I, the supposed bad guys, the evil human beings out there. It's actually you and I, the regular folks, that are the ones that keep society in line. 
It's actually right. My town doesn't even have a cop in it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They don't do burglaries in my town. Why is that? Because they will run up on the uh, the 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 wrong end of a short-barreled uh, pistol mm-hmm. if you try to do a burglary in my town. New Hampshire, they own guns. And where I live, rural area, no cops. Plenty of guns. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbor said he had over 30. <laughs> More than he needs. So, uh, so yeah, the evidence is that it's the regular folks that keep crime under control when they're free to do so. If you're in a city like Baltimore or something like that where you're not free to defend yourself, where you're not free to uh, you know carry a weapon or have one at home – then, yeah, you've got an incredible amount of home invasions and you've got all kinds of uh, violent crimes that are going on. And if you need more evidence of that, just look down to uh, what happened after New Orleans uh, or in New Orleans or the surrounding areas after Hurricane Katrina. It's the real problems came about down there when regular folks left, when they were threatened by the government mandatory evacuation. Everybody had to leave. All the regular folks down there running businesses and going about their lives left. And so that left just the cops and the other criminals to have this kind of little uh, little fight uh, between one another. That's why it was so chaotic down there. There wasn't anybody uh, who was regular kind of protecting their property and taking care of things. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want if you dial in via the toll-free number, which is brought to you by SACL CAI. That number is 1-800-259-9231, and it's 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there free. We've got a lot of stuff, including our news updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com and get on the various different delivery methods. We've got email, Twitter, Facebook, you choose. They're all free at news.freetalklive.com. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So we're talking about uh, – we've got a, an article here over from LewRockwell.com's Mark Crivelli. He is uh, being a little critical of the this idea that it's all held together by the police. If it weren't for the government police, then we would just all be killing each other. And uh, I think it's – I think that's wrong, uh, that perspective, and I agree with the Crivelli from that – uh, from that perspective in that, yeah, I think it's nice to have people around who are able to uh, to pursue criminals. I think it's 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 useful to have those folks around. But I don't think they're they're holding society together. I don't think that in their absence of the absence of these government police that everything would fall to pieces. I think that uh, in actually in the absence of uh, the government police, we'd probably have market protection uh, that would spring up and we'd actually have com- uh, competition in the area of protection, which – 
I'd probably, say the average person would probably be best protected by being able to uh, carry on their person something with which they can protect themselves. Oh, I, I mean, agree. And in the in the moment, yeah, you want to be able to protect yourself. I mean, the when, cops are going to come too late. When seconds count, the police are just moments or just minutes away. You know. Yeah. So let me continue with uh, Crivelli here. Uh, he says, if lives and fortunes were, uh, excuse me, if lives, if our lives and fortunes were indeed de- dependent upon protection from a handful of people swaddled in hideous blue polyester, mankind would have long ago lost them. If human nature were truly as depraved as these arguments would have us believe, then the chubby blue line would long ago have been annihilated by its vastly numerically superior criminal adversaries. No criminal worth the name would be deterred from committing his favorite atrocities by a small group of lightly armed fat people whose national <laughs> reputation. This guy's mean. Whose national reputation. <laughs> You're not going to convince anybody this wait, way. Wait, well, let's make it. Let's explain this for a second because what happens is is the sociopaths, the smart ones, and the criminals go into the state. Mm-hmm. That's why they're not fighting with the cops. They work together, only the, indirectly, of course. The very best uh, criminals are politicians. I mean, if you yeah. need the government to keep you safe because the world is full of bad people, then my God, where do you think the bad people, are? the baddest of the bad people, the, the most clever of the bad people are going to be drawn? Right, you're delusional. You, you'd be delusional to think that if the world is full of evil people, that somehow only good people would be given power in that world. I mean, that would be ludicrous. wonderful if that were true, but it's not. In it's fact, ludicrous. it's just the opposite. Right. Good people are actually deterred from, from playing that political game. Good people are interested in you know, making a, a better life for themselves and their families, while evil people are interested in, in uh, achieving power and aggregating it to themselves. And, and ruling over other people. And you're right, Mark. He's certainly being nasty in his article here. But he's right about a lot of cops being overweight. Uh, that's because many Some. departments, many, not all of them, but many departments don't uh, continue to test the police. There are now not all departments have the same policy. Some of them actually have retests where they, uh, where after a number of years, a cop has to come back up and pass a, a physical exam and a, and a fitness exam. But I don't think it's very many departments. Uh, most departments, once you get in, there's a test to get in. You have to be of a certain fitness in order to get into the department. But then you can just pack on the pounds. You can, you know. Throw the donuts down your gullet. I know you're going to say something about donuts. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, uh, I wonder why they became uh, something that, <laughs> that people make a stereotype about. I, yeah. You know. Well, stereotypes exist for a reason. Well, so, the, the, life, the lifestyle also is not conducive. Unless you're walking a beat or riding a bicycle as a cop, and if you're riding around in a car all the time, you know, uh, you're going to eat on the run and, and mm-hmm. you're going to work night shifts. Uh, the, the late shift is really bad for your health. And you're going to be thrown into whack. And so I can see how some people sure. get overweight. Especially if there's nothing to keep you, uh, no incentive to keep you fit. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to have a retest in a couple of years, then you know you better keep it together. Yeah, it's like the high school reunion thing. So, uh, in fact, he even references the donut here. He talks about the light layer and fat people whose national reputation is tied inextricably to the donut. To even suggest that this 300 million strong horde of savage would-be criminals are kept at bay only by some irrational fear of blue polyester is so asinine that it makes the flat earthers look like geniuses by comparison. This intellectual error is all the more inexcusable in America, where the population is armed to the teeth with high-powered rifles, pistols, and shotguns. There are more weapons in America than there are people. If the American population were as truly depraved as this argument would have us believe that all people are, then its bloodlust could hardly be contained by a few pudgy men and women carrying small caliber pistols. Although, to be fair, some of them have some machine guns and things like that. 
the thought is as laughable as would be an argument to the effect that the hardened and rifle-toting farmers of Mayberry were deterred from slaughtering one another by Andy Griffith and his slow-witted sidekick. <laughs> On another level, moreover, arguments to this effect are deeply insulting to people like you and me, for they insinuate that you and I are savage beasts that are only kept in check by those enlightened and portly souls who populate the local <laughs> police force. Unlike those ultra-civilized public servants, you and I would like nothing more to cut out each other's throats if only the peace-loving police officers of the world weren't holding us back. The truth, as anyone with eyes in America should be able to tell you, is precisely the reverse. Since police officers and soldiers are often the most depraved perpetrators of the very crimes they claim to protect Americans from, the police are people just like us. After all, even if their waists are often larger, and they're capable of the same brutality as any other people. This guy, he's just pushing I don't know, is that true? Are the police fatter than the average American? Because Americans are pretty fat in general, right? I couldn't say. That would be an interesting study to uh, to determine whether police, on so, average, just so are, you know, this know is what we one. sound like to the rest <laughs> of the world, right? Like this guy sounds. This guy's over the top for me, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that we sound over the top for everybody else to some extent, right? Now, there are some intellectual errors, says Crivelli, that one can excuse or at least understand. The people of antiquity could not see the Earth was round, so one can understand that they did not grasp the seemingly obvious truth. There are other intellectual errors, however, that are so idiotic and so self-evident that they smash to pieces any sense of superiority we might foolish be foolish enough to entertain over other peoples, such as the magnitude of the error of dismissing the sublime idea of free market anarchism by assuming that the geniuses in blue keep us savages from killing each other. From Mark Crivelli at LewRockwell.com. So, like, in comparison, we're pretty easy going on the cops here in uh, on there free are talk certainly Live. people in the liberty <laughs> movement that uh that are you know nastier when it comes to uh government bureaucrats some some would propose that most of them are evil i'm usually i would propose that yeah what i would say on this show is they're that, doing evil that they're incentivized in the wrong manner um that uh that, that law enforcement officers whether you know all of all law enforcement officers are incented in the wrong directions because they uh they don't have confidence Competition in the marketplace. They don't know what the people that they're serving want from them, what they need from them, uh, how they should be properly distributed, what kind of services they should be offering on a daily basis. Instead, they um, they, they offer the kind of services that they've just kind of come to you know offer and this this is where we're at. This is what the boss tells me to do, and this is what I do. Um, they they probably get put in more dangerous circumstances as a result because the the peace isn't kept as efficiently as it could be mm-hmm. and uh, you know i mean for, for for one i would take the example that in when you look at places where gun ownership is uh, less strict versus gun ownership being more strict you'll find that there's significantly less crime per capita and that means that uh, when, when you're talking about less crime you're talking about less instances that, that law enforcement officers need to be put in the way of a bullet so when there's more crime, it's more dangerous for them. Yeah. The more dangerous places um, in America are the ones with the strictest gun laws. That's where it's the most dangerous to be a police officer. I'd say you nailed that one. Yeah, Eight, me too. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll take your calls about anything you want here in the remaining moments, which are coming up shortly. And Wayne, you want to tell us about the world speeding up among other things. So we'll uh, talk to that uh, point as well here in a few moments. Also, of course, take your calls about anything. If you make them, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but there's enough time for your call if you make it now to 1 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features there for free. One of the things you can uh, do for us, if you'd like, if you enjoy the program, is promote the show. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and you'll find a bunch of different things you can do there. We've got banners you can put on your website. Uh, we've got flyers you can print out and distribute and post. Uh, we've got ways for you to contact your local talk radio stations on our behalf all kinds of different ways uh, to help Free Talk Live get into more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn about them. And that, again, is promote.freetalklive.com. So, Wayne, uh, you've been wanting to get in here tonight uh, with your thoughts, just in general, on a few different issues. No- nothing specific as far as you know one story you want to focus real hard on, but uh, a few you want to tie together. So what's, what's going on? Well, you know... Uh I remember a few years back, probably late 2006, early 2007, Glenn Jacobs called in. First time I ever met him was over the phone when he called in here. Uh, he's also known as WWE's Kane. He's and, actually the son of Satan, did you know? <laughs> no, what's that? What is, well, what that mean? I'm afraid that's the case. I'm, I'm not sure I understand. What Kane is the son of Satan. Oh, the character in yes. the WWE. Is character. this new? Is this new about him being the son of Satan? Or? No, I think that's anyway. Let's get away okay. from Satan right Sorry. now. But <laughs> anyway, he called in and he he actually asked me specifically. He says he asked me if I saw any parallels between the era that we're in today and back in the 30s during the Depression. And the first thought I had was, this guy knows what's going on. He sees this. He sees this. Oh, trend. he's so brilliant. He's a really smart yeah, guy. He I mean, really is. And 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 I agree with him. I said absolutely. And and over the and of course back then if you said the word depression everyone said oh well, you're crazy you know there's no depression everything's wonderful the real estate's going up and look what's happened in the last three or four years and and now I'm seeing signs because I have a newsreader and I go through a lot of stories what is every that? day it's a program where you can basically um, put feeds in there and then you can just skim through them without having to go to every website so you can you can you can skim over a lot more stories in a shorter period of time okay and what I'm seeing in my newsreader now in the last few months is that things are accelerating. For example, Costco is now in the uh, apocalypse provisioning business. They're selling a uh, year, six months worth of, of, of disaster food. Costco, seven ninety nine, you get a year's worth of, of, of food, dehydrated, freeze-dried, freeze-dried food. Hmm. 800 bucks? Yeah, 800 bucks. Hmm. Um, that that deal ends. Uh, eat, for, on the eat, eat for a year for eight hundred bucks is pretty cheap. It's pretty honestly. good. Yeah, that's three it, meals a day. Right? You probably yeah. don't want to eat the, the you know unless you have to. This unless is you have to survival situation. And then you see, and then you go to MarketWatch.com, which is a pretty mainstream publication. And last week, Paul Farrell wrote an art, article entitled "America on the Brink of a, a Second Revolution." You know, and then this week he writes an article: "The Fed is dead, maybe by two thousand twelve." You know, I mean, this is mainstream stuff. I hope so. Well, that would be great. But but my my point is, is that things are accelerating now. And so I think we have to keep our eyes and ears open because uh, there's there's change about to hit and and there's a bumpy road ahead in in the near future. 
maybe a matter of months, maybe a year or two. But regardless, is, is this thing is accelerating now, and there's a lot of big trends, larger economic and geopolitical trends that are all kind of coming together right now. Well, just because things might change in the future, and that that much of that we can be certain. I, I'm willing to make that prediction here on Free Talk Live. I will say today that things will change. Uh, uh, yeah. There's no, um, I mean, there's no guarantee that 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 change is going to be apocalyptic. Sure. So, sure. what what kind of what do you on what do you base that? Is that what you're hinting at, well, uh, Wayne? Well, what I'm saying is, uh, well, Chris Martinson is another good example. He he has a website, chrismartinson.com, and he has the crash course, which he does. which was very well done. And he posted an article last week, prediction, things will unravel faster than you think. And I would tend to agree with him on that. I think things are at a tipping point. That right is, they tend to. Things right. tend to unravel quickly. Well, right. You look at the fall slowly. of the Berlin Wall. You look at the dissolution of the, the Soviet, Soviet Union. Union. Two it good example. It happens so quickly, you didn't have any idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're in that time now. I, I feel like there... Now, I'm not saying the change is bad. I think, I think in the long run, things are going to be much better because of the changing in consciousness worldwide. Well, things do tend to get better. We talked about this earlier this week, where things over humanity's history, things have gotten more free over time. Uh, and those those two events that we talked about there, the Berlin Wall falling in the Soviet Union, I mean, that was 20 plus years ago at this point, and and uh, that things didn't go as fast then, right? I mean, generally, things weren't moving as fast at that time, and those things seem to happen awfully quick. What will it be like now? Will, will those sorts of magnanimous events happen in an even uh, quicker manner, or will it seem to be slower to us because we'll get the information faster? Well, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed, they I think they were better prepared than, than we are right now. In fact, about two or three years ago— plenty of vodka. Yeah, they had vodka, but they had trains rather than cars. They weren't dependent on gasoline as much as we were. But there was an article by a Dmitry Orlov, I believe his name was. It was about two or three years ago. The article came out. It was called, it was called Closing the Collapse Gap. And he compared the preparedness of the Soviet Union to collapse versus the United States. And if you read through the – it was kind of a presentation, but it was put online. It's probably still there. Is that um, the Soviet Union was far better prepared for a collapse than we are today, that, that Americans are a lot more complacent, fat, and, and unprepared than the Soviets were. Yeah, they were starving in the uh, Soviet Union. <laughs> well, they were starving, but they already had started to learn how to grow their own food. Mm-hmm. They had mass transit as opposed to being dependent on cars and gasoline and suburbs and all the things we have here. There were just a lot of things that he outlined. And when I went through it, I thought, wow, I mean, you know, I just hope people are preparing for some tough times and hopefully those tough times will be quick and that everything will collapse quickly the longer they they drag this out and keep the economy propped up artificially the more pa- the pain more painful it's going to be which is what they want to do i mean that's what you know, the bailouts are all about and uh, that's well, you know they want to keep their scam going and milk sure. people as long as they possibly can it's it's all about milking because you know what would you rather do steal all the money in a guy's wallet or would you rather steal 5 bucks out of his wallet every single day you're going to get a, a heck time. of a lot more money if you're able to do it over time. So they, by the you know the the way that the Federal Reserve works and the the printing of money, the 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 World Monetary Fund and the IMF and all these things. If you want to find out how these things work, I certainly can't do it in this short period of time. But you know, check out Dismon- dishonest money. It's a book. Uh, you can mm-hmm. get it at uh, gold.freetalklive.com. It's uh, I I found it very enlightening, and it'll it, it'll explain this this stuff to you. But they can only keep the balls in the air for so long. Yeah, and when you look at what's happening in the commodity market, you're seeing the oil prices of oil starting to spike up. You're seeing precious metals start to really shoot up quickly, and this and precious metals were real strong over the summer, which is uncharacteristic. Usually, they're weaker in the summer. 
I mean, people around the world know that something's coming. It's a collective thing that people know. You've got the and, billionaires going and uh, trying to actually capture the gold physically that they that the they purchased. Buy, yeah, buying right. by the ton, too. And Hiring mercenaries in London to go capture this, uh, this, the gold. They, they want their gold. Yeah, because what, what's happening is, is that a lot of them are discovering that the gold they thought they owned in a vault was owned by five other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been lied to. Yeah, so so there's a flashpoint coming, and hopefully it'll be a, a, a uneventful. But we always have to be prepared for that when it isn't. That we we know that we've got some extra food in the house, and we and you know we're prepared for maybe having the grocery stores not have any food for a few days or weeks. Happens in uh, in Florida when the hurricanes come around. I, I mean, you know, to to assume that it wouldn't happen where you are seems pr- rather presumptuous. And when you read the accounts of of like in Argentina not too long ago, when, when their economy collapsed, you read some accounts from people who were there. It's pretty interesting, and you start to put yourself in that position. You realize that you know we, we've had it really good for a long time in this country, and we've be, we've gotten so complacent that we've worked our way into the position we're in today because we haven't we haven't um, focused on corruption, we haven't held politicians' feet to the fire. We, we there's a lot of things we haven't done because we were so busy worrying about our new car and our granite countertops and our McMansions. And mm. I'm saying we as as a whole, yeah, not necessarily you, Ian. You never did that, but. But you know what I mean. Hey, he had Corey, and I saw it. <laughs> I had a pretty nice house down in Florida. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I know that I, I look around me, I see a lot more Corian. people. It was fake Corian? It was, was off-brand Corian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was certainly nice. Yeah. It was probably, yeah, I saw pictures of that house. It was very nice. But I, I see people around me starting to be aware of this and prepare and, and have greenhouses and all that, but I just don't think it's going to be enough for a lot of people. And I feel badly for the people who are being lulled to sleep by watching TV all the time. It's tough, Wayne. I mean, if you look at the the people for a long time have been predicting the crash and that you need to have preparedness and you've got to buy all this stuff. And really, that's an industry of its own, right? I mean, they want you to get scared. They want you to come and buy all their products, whether or not you actually need them or whether or not you will need them is another question. But if you're you're scared enough, you're going to go ahead and spend thousands of dollars on that. Not everybody has that kind of money to spend. I think there's a a certain midpoint, and that midpoint is probably different for everybody. I think think people can go too far when it comes to uh, being prepared. Uh, just because they're just throwing money down a rat hole at a certain point, especially if it doesn't come to anything more than just having the food out for a few days, uh, and, and maybe I haven't gone far enough. You know, I've got yeah, I've got some food, yeah, I've got some toilet paper. You hmm. know, I've got a I got a few things, but uh, you know, not much more than than a few shelves uh, in the basement, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, well those shelves would be a heck of a lot more valuable than a lot of people have. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I've done a little bit, but whenever I hear some of the, the products that are out there and the, you know the, the people that are constantly pushing them, I always get a little wary. Like, well, I don't want to go too far and be a total nut. Well, so, you want to buy oh. things that you would ordinarily use. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Some uh, rolls of toilet paper. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com. 